I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the Biothy podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. This week we are finishing up our look at A Chinese Odyssey with A Chinese Odyssey Part 2, subtitled Cinderella. And this also came out in the year 1995 and stars Stephen Chow, also directed by Jeffrey Lau, as the first part was. And this this movie's really confusing, <laughs> like surprisingly confusing, given that it's a Stephen Chow comedy like in the in the confusion isn't just for like comedic effect or something like some of it really is like i don't quite know like who characters are because right, i'm not sure right. like what characters are playing just a different version of the character they were in the first or if they're like a different character but it's just the same you know, actor I, 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 and i kind of think that both parts uh might be equally confusing especially mm. if you're not versed in like the journey of the west um, yeah. War, and so I think maybe we had uh, we had more of a fighting chance. That's true. Having That's done true. some of our of research before part one, <laughs> whereas part two, um, there's a lot. There's a lot of maybe of the of the movie's logic that's kind of unspoken and has something to do with the lore of Journey to the West, but uh, it's not something that we've you know come across anywhere, anywhere else. A lot of confusion regarding maybe how you interpret like reincarnation and mm. um mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that but uh um, yeah yeah I, but amazing I, movie i think i really excited yeah, to rewatch i it. really enjoyed this film um i do agree with how it can be confusing i would say and i kind of mentioned this a little while ago um i i'm a big fan of uh kung fu cult master lord of the wu-tang and yeah i i was getting a lot of vibes and i feel like when i originally saw that film and I fell in love with it. There was a ton of stuff that I just, I couldn't figure out who's who and what's going on. And that but was part think, of what you liked probably. Yeah, too, right? I think that yeah. it was kind of being exposed to this very foreign world and having that confusion. And I, that confusion in itself was kind of part of the draw. And I could see a lot of that in this film. I think that a lot of the confusion kind of lies in like the sitcom, romantic kind of intertwining of characters and uh yeah especially the second act of this film really leans on that uh, but um yeah nonetheless i re- i really enjoyed it and well, i and, do see yeah. the uh the appeal of this film like you were saying how i think this film of the two is the more popular one and this one really like i i feel like the now seeing both the first films really a setup for this film and yeah, uh, you get a lot of everything true. in here. Um, again, I would say that we're not really uh, emphasizing the the fighting and the action sequences. There are a couple that are pretty cool that I really enjoyed, but yeah. it's a lot more of kind of sitcom and romantic 
uh, comedy in this film. And we still have some of the, you know, the kind of Zucker brother crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> comedy comedy flair. Um, yeah. But there's also it's there's really like a tragic love story here. Yeah, and I mean yeah. we, we had traces of, of that in, in part one, like kind of before the finale and sort of the confusion with Joker and Jing Jing. But I I don't know the the tragic side of the love story here. Even rewatching it now years later, it really. I don't know. It really affected me still, and um, yeah, it has a surprisingly sad ending. Or not yeah. sad, but kind of kind of melancholy. Ending. Yeah, absolutely. It's. I think it's. Yeah, I think it's pretty pretty brilliantly put together ending where I think it it satisfies um, you know most of the sort of plot beats that you would want to happen, but the tone of it is a lot more. Yeah, I think like you say, melancholy or wistful. You know, I think some of the confusion too is that. In both films, who you see isn't necessarily who a person is. And that's, I think, part of the real hook of both of these movies is it's like, oh, is this a person or is this actually some kind of uh, immortal or deity that's like uh, posing as a person? And uh, then when you add like a jump in time, which was so exciting at the end of part one. But I think there there are certain elements where we're wondering like, oh, OK, is this a younger version? I know we were talking before we recorded and it's like, OK, is this character even like a younger version of this other character or, you know, e- even kind of like where are we? And I, I don't know. I know for me, like one big question when first watching it and I was still scratching my head rewatching <laughs> it recently is when we finally encounter what was the opening to the first film uh the monkey king um in the in the desert it's like we see joker separate from the monkey king and yeah uh and yeah there are a couple instances like that where it's it's almost like there can be multiple you know versions of like an immortal or like the immortal can be depicted across a couple different bodies but but yeah, me, I, 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 I think that that scene, especially, I was totally getting Back to the Future vibes oh, from that. Sure. Whole, like the Lone like Pines. Back to the Future like, too. Yeah, the fact that lot, you can like revisit but, a scene that you've already seen. Right, but you yeah. get it from a slightly different perspective, and um, things. It's like you're trying to change things, but things can't change. Yeah, you know what I mean. And the op- actually, the opening is, is kind of like a Back to the Future thing too. Is like, oh yeah. Um, except it's like using the exact uh, footage that we saw. But. Mm-hmm. And I just like I was going to say, uh, fate is such a huge part of this film. Yeah. How, uh, you kind of have to accept fate. And I would say that a lot of the decisions plot wise in the movie, even though this doesn't really strictly follow Journey to the West, they really um, represent the themes of Journey to the West. So you've got reincarnation, you've got um, sacrifice. And you've got kind of like the the romance, the sorrow that comes with all of that. So um, I thought even though it was doing its own thing, I thought that they really did understand the material they're working from. And I, I was able to appreciate that a lot. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I, one thing we should say is it's like um, it still is. I think a super funny movie, and in some oh, ways, great. I feel like some of the humor is maybe even a little more like sharply focused than part mm-hmm. one. I mean, subjective thing, mm-hmm. but I don't know how did um, 
how'd that strike you yes yeah, yeah i feel like the first one has more comedy just all throughout and this one just has a couple of really good just stings of of comedy throughout it yeah i don't yeah. think anything will match the groin scene the the crotch stomping <laughs> from the yeah. first movie to me but yeah no no crotch stomping in this movie yeah no but we do get like farts and we, we do, do get, get some fart jokes you know <laughs> we get some really uh, some funny physical comedy too mm. i really like the scene with the black mountain demon or black mountain oh, devil yeah. where he's sucking oh, the life yeah. out of the um, oh that's so great. guys uh, yeah sleeping and that whole like physical comedy yeah he basically really he he does he has this like dementor's kiss kind of a vibe <laughs> like he yeah he sucks the soul and there's some cool like uh like rotoscoped kind of yeah, there's some lightning special effects looks really cool what i love is it's joker and the longevity monk oh, i just love the longevity monk but um <laughs> it's like they realize this dude is coming and you're kind of wondering like how they're going to foil his like soul uh soul suck dementor's kiss totally <laughs> and they do it in the you... best way because yeah. they just like roll over like yeah yeah at the last second oh man yeah, so yeah he's, he's trying to do a kiss and then they just roll off to the side and just keep doing it back and forth joanna thought that dude looked like a teletubby <laughs> oh the, I, I was like oh, the, the demon dude yeah i i didn't oh, get like it, but tinky winky or something said it, yeah like a really I, a really evil teletubby it's messed up <laughs> and we have more of the kind of like looney tunes humor too yeah this is the most looney tunes scene um because when they they finally like decide to run away and it's one of those like run away and they each run in opposite directions and the demon follows the longevity monk and he's now transformed into like i think an egyptian sort of mm-hmm. outfit yeah kind right. of like a parallel and, he, and he's like oh can you hold this and it's literally like a wily coyote like <laughs> spherical <laughs> bomb with the fuse yeah super good and it blows up in his face and oh it's great <laughs> Well, um, yeah, we'll we'll do like we did last episode where we jump around a yeah. bit. But I'd like to just maybe start with the beginning yeah, of the film. We can, we can take a look at the beginning, but first let's take a quick look at the back of the VHS. Joker is back. After the events of A Chinese Odyssey Part 1, Joker finds himself stranded in the past and at the mercy of runaway immortal Lin Jia. Fate has revealed to him his true role as the Monkey King, but his heart pulls him towards his lost love. Meanwhile, the journey to the West must continue and Pixie and Sandy work to rescue Longevity Monk and convince Joker of his divine task. A complicated web traps all who touch Joker's heart. Will he be able to choose the right path? Jeffrey Lau brings you A Chinese Odyssey Part 2 Cinderella, a puzzle of comedy and romance inspired by Journey to the West starring Athena Chu, Ng Man Tat, and Stephen Chow. This Cinderella has a sword. So the very, very start of this movie after the credits is actually really kind of beautiful. Like there's these really beautiful shots. Yeah, there's this wonderful music and it's uh, Zia, uh, Athena Chu going through the, like a marsh on, with like this boat. Yeah. Dude, let's give a round of applause to Athena Chu. When I (laughs) I first saw this movie, I just had like the biggest crush in the world. And yeah, just seeing it again, she's, I don't know. She's just she really pops and i mean was you know kind of following this uh you know really big star in hong kong but um yeah would still love to to see her in in more films i don't know oh man yeah she's she's really good in this film she's definitely like the star of this film super cute very 
uh, able to handle handle herself in comedic situations. I think I really like in the film when she ends up getting swapped around with her and Pigsies. Oh, like her yeah, acting yeah. as Pigsy is like really. Oh, funny that's to so me. great. And then yeah, yeah really also good. as like her dark sister. Yeah, it's funny. She's so good that she almost makes you like forget about Karen Mock's Jing Jing character. Like your allegiance, <laughs> your allegiance like shifts pretty quick, which the movie sort of requires of you. Yeah. Um, but in a less, in like a lesser actress, I, it just would not have worked, I don't think. So this very first scene after she kind of, I guess, gets where she's trying to go, we see it. It's kind of a camp similar to the one from the very from the first movie, where like all the bandits are hiding out. Yeah. Um, but there's this uh, these guys like trying to light this candle, and she's saying like, you know, you can't light it because there's no wick. You need to go buy a new wick. And she says, Excuse me, miss. Exactly where does one buy a new wick for the lamp of Buddha? Can you tell me? All of you, reveal yourselves. And that's whenever we find out that these people aren't who they say they are. They're actually like these other, you know, you know, kind of immortal, not mortals. I guess maybe immortals. I don't know. These yeah. are like heavenly, yeah. heavenly figures. Yeah, she gets them to like reveal themselves. And yeah. and they're um, actually figures that we've seen. So in Uproar in Heaven, uh, the Monkey King ends up fighting Erlang Shang with his dog. And then he also fights the four heavenly kings. So these are the characters that she's fighting. Oh, those are the scene. same ones. Okay. Yeah, you can see I knew the... They use, I knew they used some of the same like weapons and, and items and stuff from that we saw in Heaven in Heaven, but I didn't know yeah. if it was actually the same. Right, you can see uh, Erlang Sheng has his third eye that sees through to the truth. Oh, and, um, nice. Yeah, oh, that's the, what that's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, it's like a prosthetic uh, effect on his uh, uh, makeup effect. But um, yeah, you see uh, one of the other gods that has his uh, loot that uh, yep, he uses to that. play to put everyone to sleep. Um, he tries to do that in this fight sequence, and she counters. She has these charms on her hands. And they they have like a music short music fight, and she ends up mm-hmm. defeating all these guys. Once she has uh, unsheathed her sword, she has like a magic uh, sword that she uses. Once she does that, um, she quickly defeats everyone. The other thing I was gonna say about the action is, and you see it in this scene right away, is that even though there's some choreographed action going on, the camera's pretty tight on Athena herself. So yeah. you kind of get the sense that she's more important than the fight that's happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good <laughs> and, point. Yeah, like yeah. That. You, you can't really blame them for that because she's super cute. And uh, yeah. there's a lot of wire work, again. Actually, mm-hmm. in a couple of shots, you can see some. You can totally see yeah. the wires. Yeah, especially the wires. In, yeah, in the, like a daylight scene like this one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, just quickly before the fight, they have this kind of thing where Erlang Sheng kind of just tells you the whole thing. He's like, oh, yeah, you, yeah. you escaped from heaven. You were Buddha's lampwick. And also, and I don't know why he says it, but you offer the gift of your love to the one who can unsheathe your magic sword. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, I get that you should say that, but how does that, <laughs> how does that, how does that have anything to, to do with, with you guys and your situation? Yep. Yeah. So once she's able to, um, outdo these guys she kind of makes them dance and everything and she makes her way mm-hmm. she escapes when she and has then, this yeah that cool sort of like magic power where she's like shaking her hands yeah it's cool um, yeah, yeah and it's and that's kind of and that's the last time you really see them in the movie <laughs> uh which again it's it's those things where 
you know, if you understand, you know, Journey to the West and all that stuff, then it's like, oh, yeah, they're just guys from Journey to the West that just pop in and then and then leave. Not right. Yeah. Know, they're they're almost know like it, then... celeb cameos or something. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And like you're not, you know, to someone who doesn't know, you'd be like, well, why don't they come back in the rest of the movie? But that's just why. It's because they're not <laughs> yeah. really part of this story. Yeah, totally. What's cool is then, yeah, after this, we kind of jump into Joker's story and we're basically playing back the last maybe yeah, it's, it's three, five minutes of uh, part one. Um, I mean, and I haven't checked them side by side, but I think even it's down to to the edit is, I think, exactly same yeah Maybe. i think it is yeah. i'm pretty sure it is the exact same just it goes on a little longer and a couple of yeah a couple of shots are a little bit longer um, um before of course the, the the main edition right and it's great because we still have that wonderful beat that ended the movie with the great like monkey king music and the mirror mm-hmm. um but i love actually how the scene plays on like it would seem like it's difficult to kind of follow that moment um but i think yeah they kind of keep the energy going and in general i would say we kind of pick up the the tone of the comedy right where we left off. Yeah. Um, Cause Joker has this, <laughs> this difficulty with the stone door. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that again, almost has this kind of like magical. Yeah. Kind of Looney Tunesy. The, the door just keeps falling on him. Every time he says, open the door, it just falls yeah. on him to open. <laughs> and then my, the best bit though, is of course, whenever he, backs up far away from the door does the <laughs> yeah. open the door but then it still lands on him <laughs> yeah that's great ah, i just love me. the like that serious look on his face which is like such a stephen chow thing i don't know how to explain it when he's like really committed to trying to like one up this door <laughs> um and yeah there's a cool like pov shot too as he's like i like that strafing or or whatever <laughs> yeah um, exactly and then yeah athena Chu's character uh, she thinks she hears a noise. She runs out, and of course, like the door slams on him. And yeah, this is kind of a Looney Tunesy thing too. Like you see, like one hand over here, one foot, <laughs> kind of like yeah, it's like a splat under the yeah under the door. So she's uh, claimed him as her own, and she's also grabbed the Pandora's box, and she's super excited that she's got it now. And what you kind of find out is that she's on the run from her sister. You don't really know the whole story, but um, Joker's really dead set on getting that. So he kind of talks to her a little bit. He's like, listen, I get transported back in time. Eventually, uh, you're going to know these people that I've been involved with. And my wife in the future is in trouble and I need that to save her. So she's like, yeah, whatever. You're crazy. So um, she's like domesticating him, too. She's like, sit. Like on the yeah, like, good boy. I mean, yeah. So we kind of keep up that tone of like really, uh, really kind of empowered women for the most part. Uh, mm. Oh right, yeah, sure. That's also the thing it's introduced is, and this threw me off at first, but I was glad they actually, you know, they actually do kind of explain it, which is that she actually is two people. That yeah. she is, she is Zia and Zena, which is nice and. Nice, confusing, having similar <laughs> names. And it's great because, so, yeah. yeah, Joker doesn't realize that at first um, she comes out at, at night, like they're outside mm-hmm. and, the, and the moon is out, and he's asking her about Pandora's box, and she just seems she just seems kind of grumpier than we've, ever, than we've mm-hmm. ever seen, and she's, like, slapping him. Um, she doesn't know what he's talking about with the box, and then he kind of wakes up the next morning, and she's explaining, yeah, that's my sister. 
one one of my favorite little jokes i can't remember if it's here or if it's like a the kind of following encounter with like the two sisters but he's like you see i'm his twin choker choker and joker are both a couple of big liars <laughs> you'd be right about that like yeah he <laughs> kind of trying... tries to fool her yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's like a cool little thing because it's like wait is she making this up is this a real is this a real deal um or is yeah, this we've like, seen other characters in the did first we just cut down that, on like the that'll just a bit. Yeah. just completely change their allegiances in the second so like why wouldn't that happen in this movie <laughs> right right but yes yeah, they come up with a or she comes up with the idea it's like okay we'll, we'll just tie ourselves together like by the wrist which does, <laughs> doesn't really uh doesn't no. solve the <laughs> I love his so. reaction to that. He's like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, what's <laughs> yeah. going to happen to me? A, that camera work is beautiful, too. It's this really is good. Like, yeah. This yeah, also the scene with, where Xena shows up when they're out in the desert. She's kind of laying down. And there's a really great camera shot of her sleeping, but she just opens her eyes staring at him like very seriously yeah i love how that looks yeah because he's still really dead set on trying to get that pandora's box so he can go and then um that night it doesn't work out for him the next day he's trying to plead with uh zaya about what's going on and he's yeah. got a black eye now because he's been getting yeah. punched <laughs> by her so much and she has a great <laughs> idea it's like okay well you can pretend that you've like slain me with yeah. this sword um, so then, yeah, what yeah. happens is he grabs the sword and he unsheathes it just very casually. So she sees that and realizes uh, like, what that dude, means. This to dude's her. the one. Yeah. 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 So it's she kind of has a change of tone and she says, let's go to the market. So they make their way to the market. So in this scene, we get introduced to uh, Pigsy, uh, one of our Journey to the West crew, and Sandy. So yeah. in this yeah. film, Sandy is played by Bing from the first film so i thought that was really cool yeah and pixie is montat from the first film so yeah it's yeah good. you can't really both see of those it, but... actors yeah, yeah you but you can kind of you hear big, his fake pig face on everything. but yeah and this yeah uh the we have a lot more masks in part two because we saw the bull king in part one mm -hmm. and we even talked about it like how how cool that the masks and makeup were um but yeah in this 500 There's years so in the past we've got a it's almost like a like a henson workshop kind of vibe <laughs> in some of these yeah totally. yeah yeah because yeah, whenever we see whenever we get to see the bull king a little later and all of like his cronies i guess are all like like dog people and lizard yeah. people and all different kinds of bird of stuff. people bird people yeah <laughs> almost like um like never-ending story you know, oh dude see, totally like, the kind of royal court and there's all these really fantastical characters yeah, yeah. you're like whoa who's that who's that that's that's kind of the vibe that i was getting from that but is um, that henson workshop never ending story ooh, you're testing me i don't know ooh, <laughs> i bet one i bet at least one of them is it's yeah i'll, I'll look oh, that yeah. up in the background <laughs> in my brain there is only one never ending story dude i'm with you <laughs> um yeah but we haven't actually seen sandy uh much in regards to the journey to the west material we've covered so sandy is like the third member of the squad and sandy in the journey to the west was originally like a river demon and um kind of like i was saying like in a japanese rpg you like encounter this character and <laughs> maybe you fight them in a boss fight but then you end up kind of befriending them and they join you on the party <laughs> yeah, totally. so yeah. that's kind of what's going on here so um 
Sandy usually has like a Shaolin spade and uh, Sandy usually has like either beads around uh, his neck or like skulls because that kind of represents his past as a demon. So it's cool to see uh, Sandy represented here. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I just love the the scene of this market. Um, yeah, we didn't really encounter anything like this in part one. It just uh, it feels like, we're, yeah, we're part of like a larger, more populated world um but yeah there's like a really cute uh kind of interaction where in a roundabout way she's trying to like tell him what she's experiencing with the sword um she's t- <laughs> and she's like don't you hear that sound that the sword is yeah. making it's like bum 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 and he's like no you just made that sound <laughs> no no i'm like telling you what it sounds like um and yeah she's just and, so animated uh, and cute man I love the, 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 it's, it's so like kind of took me aback whenever uh Joker's like, well, what are you going to do? Like, uh, you want me to show you my heart? And she says, no, I'll just take a look at it. And then she yeah. shrinks and goes inside of him to look at his heart. It's like they had to, <laughs> and they use call it the coconut. Yeah. 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 They, set, they, they had to set use the first one. The set from the uh, Bull King scene in the yeah. first one. Well, and they but also, yeah. they also gave us, kind of uh an introduction to like how the logic of that worked too which is like that the person is frozen like when they're being explored and they have tons of fun with that in this movie and it does end up being an important yeah factor in the film you know because she speaks directly to his heart and she learns some things and they don't reveal it just yet but um that becomes pretty important towards the end of the film you know they're remaking um that uh What's it called? Was that Mel Gibson movie where he could read the minds of women? Is it called What uh, Women what Want? Women want? They're, they're like doing like a that? well, they're doing it. It's like a gender swap with Taraji Henson, and she, oh. so it's like what men want or whatever. But okay, okay. They that's uh, that's literally a stand-up <laughs> bit I heard at one point. That was if it was the reverse, that would be a way grosser movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't see what the appeal would be unless she could go inside. Their coconut hearts. That's true. I see their literal hearts to, yeah. to see if they really I love I feel them. like that. Yeah. They should brush up on this movie. And they should use the exact same set. Exact Dude, same set. Don't this change set things. Is, this set There's is There's like amazing. cobwebs and it's like rotting because it's 20 years old. Yeah. It looks like kind of like a really well done local haunted house. You're totally Ooh. right. Oh, totally. <laughs> it's great. Man, yeah, just the whole... The whole style, like the art direction of this movie is really, really fun, really special. I mean, and you can see it having an impact on some of, you know, other 90s uh, Hong Kong productions um, and likewise taking cues from previous movies. But yeah, um, yeah, really special. One of my one of my favorite little beats is like around this spot. We uh, cut to these dudes who are walking by the alley and they notice that Joker is frozen. And so it's like they're going to try to pickpocket him. And yeah. he comes to like right when one of them has like his their hand like on his chest, <laughs> and it's like, should I stop? <laughs> it's like, no, keep going. Yeah, uh, like he's, he's like, like, oh, you like you have nice body, so I'm yeah. just kind of feeling. He's like, oh, you can keep going, you know. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's like I don't know. Uh, it's another thing with like the just the tone of Stephen Chow humor. He's like not afraid to. I don't know. I feel like prior to this, there's. I, I think there could be a lot there's a lot more maybe like prevailing kind of like macho sort of humor yeah exactly. and like he's so comfortable like really i don't know subverting a lot of that and kind of like playing free and loose with like 
<laughs> just where the line is, even in some of this yeah. kind of like sexual humor and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, this I is... feel like I feel like another comedian would do like a, a you know pretty easy gay panic kind of joke at this time. Yeah, period. totally. Just but that like one's just like, nah, guys. you can keep yeah. filming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we have more of that like later when um, mm-hmm. there's when in doubt if anyone makes a claim like oh i would do this if the gods like demanded it you can count on the gods then like demanding it um <laughs> you know a half a minute later right. having to yeah. like yeah exactly. take yeah eat their words <laughs> the very so, next scene after that is yeah. literally the prologue from like we were mentioning before it's the prologue yeah. from the first movie only joker can see it which, yeah. when I first saw this, I was thinking, I wonder if this is like a dream um, sequence. Yeah, or like, like a, a memory. Vision. But then you're like, oh, no, wait, 500 years ago. Okay, so this would sort of line up. And it's interesting how they play with the like time paradoxy kind of stuff in this movie. Yeah. Um, he's there, and I mean, you didn't see Joker uh, previously, but he doesn't have a lot of bearing on the scene. Uh, he does I, I, kind of what follows afterwards. but Yeah, you could totally... I think, yeah, even though this has some time travel stuff and it's a bit confusing, I think that if you really look at it and laid it out, it would be sound because the Monkey King, you know, and we've got like reincarnation and stuff like this. I think that, yeah, this whole sequence, it's not like it's like a time loop or anything like that. Like you could totally have seen that going back and then... Guan Yin punishing them and then 500 years later is when we encounter Joker and then Joker ends up traveling back 500 years so I think it's it all kind of works I think it's interesting to see and you get a little extra exposition from longevity monk like you kind of understand why not only monkey but even in this scene guan yin herself (laughs) the goddess of mercy is kind of fed up with him yapping all day yeah i think that's (laughs) like a joke that doesn't necessarily land in the first movie i mean it's Mm. it's the very opening scene so you're still kind of figuring out the tone but yeah they they're really trying to establish that this dude is annoying and people can't stand to like hear him <laughs> yeah. talk. He just and rambles and rambles. And that's like a huge source of a lot of the fun of, of part two is um, just how annoying longevity monk is. Also what's cool about revisiting some of these scenes is um, at least in the version that we're watching, it's, a different subtitle translation. I don't know all in all which one, which translation I would say is stronger, but at least it's different and maybe provides like a different kind of take on the scene. And then yeah. the, the dub is reperformed also for these moments. So that's pretty cool. And I still would really recommend the dub from this, like these two films. I really ended up enjoying the dub a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, awesome. and actually there was a thing that kind of, made me think about this movie a bit more because I watched it like two or three times. (laughs) (laughs) But um, Guan Yin says at the beginning that Monkey King stole the Pandora's box from the Purple Fairy. So one of the things that I was doing when I was digging around is that uh, Zaya, her name translates to purple itself. So you've got this other kind of layer of maybe, you know, he had encountered her oh, and already. You, when you see the two sisters fighting, they depict it as, I think, a purple and yellow like yeah. bolt of lightning. Um, it's it's really interesting. And that, that also too. explains, because the thing I was thinking watching this scene was, how did he get the box? Because didn't, didn't Zia have the box a second ago? But I guess yeah. so he actually like, stole he it from He did her. steal it like a few 
like hours before this happened. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, imagine imagining Stephen Chow and Jeffrey Lau having a like a whiteboard that has all of like all the like the timeline and then all the things connecting it with string and everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing like in any type of media if you're going to be toying with time travel, any viewer is just ready to poke holes through it. <laughs> so right. I anybody that's trying to attempt any kind of time travel stuff, I'm like, man, you better yeah. get that straight. Cause That's why they at, <laughs> least, they at least have like the tone kind of on their side. I think mm-hmm. if you're going for something a little more broad and kind of madcap, I think you could make a lot of that work. Yeah. Here, I mean, it's tough. I mean, I can only speak as like an outsider culturally and stuff. So I, there are just multiple layers of, of confusion. And I think some of that is from the time travel. Some of that is from the lore. And some of that is probably lost in uh, translation or, or just context or background or, or something. I think, yeah, I think in the end, the movie is still fun. And that doesn't detract from yeah. the fun of the film. Mm-hmm. And so I think like I'm, the I'm human, like the human stakes, I think are extremely clear and yeah. really well portrayed and acted. And yeah, I, I kind of even imagine with, um, at least like there are certain scenes, even with the subtitles off it, I mean... Boy, I mean, you really feel what's uh, what's happening, particularly between uh, Stephen and Athena. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So, okay, what ends up happening in this scene is Joker does end up grabbing the Pandora's box, but he gets knocked in the head yeah. because uh, Longevity Monk's going to sacrifice himself. But it, there's a different outcome, and he ends up getting transported with Pandora's box because when the staff hits him, he kind of gets he collapses and it like aims towards him <laughs> and it's actually really funny i think he does this kind of ah scream <laughs> but he yeah. like, hits a really good note like musically yeah. <laughs> he's almost singing dude that, that is some foreshadowing which is some really good foreshadowing <laughs> oh yeah, yeah totally <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh man, when we yeah. get to that, I don't know. There's a there is a moment in this movie that might rival the yeah, the, I think growing right. on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. this this next scene. We this next scene is where we see the that Black Mountain demon because the longevity monk comes over and is like wearing all these different outfits and stuff. It like at first he starts off wearing like this Indian outfit. Like with yeah. like a turban and a and a robe, and then changes to like a Roman centurion. Remember mixing that up, and he turns they're into a pharaoh. Of, and yeah, they're like joking around with him having Pandora's box and maybe traveling to different time periods. Yeah, it's like <laughs> kind of a fourth yeah. wall breaking joke. But yeah, yeah, this is what we were talking about earlier, where we get that yeah. uh, scene of them uh, kind of messing around with the black mountain demon. But then the Bull so, King shows up again. Yeah, yeah. What you really end up having uh, going on here is that the Bull King shows up, and actually you kind of get the whole crew from Journey to the West finally, like, in their own way meeting up, even though Joker's kind of denying himself being the Monkey King. Yeah. Um, you get yeah. everybody joining up, and that's yeah, pretty Sandy cool. Yeah, and, Sandy and Pigsy are both there. Yep, and this is now after the Bull King shows up, and then he kind of kidnaps joker this is when things get pretty confusing (laughs) yeah they get crazy and we we had some little tastes of this in the kind of like back to the future-esque uh tag at the end of part one Mm -hmm. we we saw some of these scenes this is like steven in that really like striking red 
uh, sort of like yeah. groom's outfit. Yeah, um, it's almost kind of like a scholar outfit. Yeah, it's really cool. And actually, uh, one of Stephen's really big movies from around this time is a movie called Fording Scholar. And he had a similar similar style outfit <laughs> though not as not as written so as it happens um the bull king is has set up joker with his sister who is not not very bull like um <laughs> and uh so yeah so she's he's arranged it so that the the two of them are going to be married and she has this incredible kind of veil that's mm. hiding her face also maybe ask some of the confusion for us because uh, we're introduced to a, a couple of key new characters like in this this part of the movie. Um, yeah, so the Bull King in Journey to the West, his wife is Princess Iron Fan. And he kind of says this too. So what what's happening is he wants Joker to marry his sister, but the Bull King is going to marry uh, his mistress, he says. Yeah. And when you see who it is, it's uh, Zaya herself. Right. So he found Zaya. Uh, in the desert. And then we have a great because Joker had basically, you know, shut her down previously saying like, look at, I'm already married. I can't, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And now when she meets him again, he's about, he's, he's about, about to get to married to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. She's straight up mean mugging him that whole scene. Oh, it's mm-hmm. great. <laughs> but the other fu- thing is yeah. that, uh, bulking shows that he has a Pandora's box. So yeah. if, uh, you know, he gets married to, uh, Zaya, he'll give it to her as a gift. So of course, Joker sees this. Yeah, and he's, and he's trying to like, like give this. her sort of like eye language, like yeah, oh, let's grab the box. But yeah. yep, totally. And this is like what you were saying, Matthew, where you get all these uh, costumed characters. I think my mm-hmm. favorite is that main like lizard. The lizard, guy. Dude, yeah. <laughs> lizard guy yeah, has looks... kind of like a beret or something on. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's actually a beret. Kind of looks like a beret. Um, yeah. Uh, and the, yeah. yeah, and the dog guy and everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, not too long after this, though, Joker kind of runs away, and Zaya follows him. And this is where we get like another another good stab of comedy here with the whole mm-hmm. freeze frame thing. Yeah. At this time, her sword is mere inches from my jugular vein, but in mere seconds, the owner of the sword will fall for me again. This is because I will lie to her. And though I've told many lies before, the lie I'm about to tell will be my very best ever. It's but really just, everything everything freezes and he says all that stuff and <laughs> yeah. And then just lies, just lies his head off saying that he, <laughs> he loves her, but it turns out to be true later. Yeah, it's so did did that so that red is like straight lies to you guys like watching it the first time? What do you say? Well, that's the thing, it starts as a lie, but then at the end of the movie it's 100% what happens and is true, but doesn't yeah. end up the way that he would have liked it to. I had the gift of a woman's love, but I didn't treasure it. And I lost her. I suffer all the time. <laughs> it's funny. Like for me, I feel like it's like this weird combination where it's like, it's funny because he's crying so much and he's like hamming it up, but it also feels like kind of true even in this moment. But maybe I just, Maybe I just read it in a weird way, uh, or I just interesting... or I just like so want them to get together. <laughs> oh sure, yeah. Over the course of the film, you really yeah, it is interesting because you've got the last film with him and Jing Jing, and that's so sad, and that's really what's driving him at the beginning of this movie. But as the movie goes on, you're like, wow, you're really pulling for, and I think it's Athena's fault. Like it's really honestly like she's 
so adorable that you're like, oh man, yeah. come on. <laughs> but ultimately, I think like we were saying at the beginning, it's like I think that's part of what makes this movie as much of a success as it is. It's because it is designed for for the two of them to end up together. So it's like she has to have that kind of pull, um, or it's it just isn't gonna work. Yeah. So um, also we get uh we get Princess Iron Fan. She ends up showing up. Yeah. So the both that's a kind great of, like kind of like like super extreme like low angle. Yeah, shot. it's really good. Really, yeah, very really very cool. cool, very cool. So she is like storming her way in, and Bull King's like, oh crap, like what's this is bad for me. So uh, he kind of helps Joker kind of make another lie where he says that. Uh, Joker is gonna marry uh, Zaya, yeah. but then uh, Princess Iron Fan pulls Joker to the side, and she's talking to him as the Monkey King yeah. because in Journey to the West, and if I remember this right, uh, in the story where they the first time they interact with uh, Princess Iron Fan, or maybe it's later, but anyways, um, the Monkey King disguises himself as the Bull King to get the Iron Fan and to get his way. So what ends up happening is like she kind of ends up developing a relationship with the Monkey King in the uh, the story of Journey to the West. So they're kind of playing this up right now. So she really is only concerned with him. She doesn't care about Bull King cheating yeah. on her. Um, and she sets so, up this like meet me at midnight tonight, yeah. and I'll yeah I'll tell you something really special or something. Right, like such a romantic comedy trope, right? Mm-hmm. This yeah, kind of. And then Very it's like, yeah, woman. it's like not half a minute later, he's he's back to talking to Athena and she said, well, why don't you meet me at midnight and, you know, we'll use Pandora's box together yep. is like, is the plan at that point. Yep. We got like almost like a double date situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and then what ends up happening here um, is that he's making his way in the evening, but Pigsy and Sandy... Uh, catch up with him and they're concerned with their journey so what they end up doing is they take uh joker over to see longevity monk who's kind of (laughs) trapped in a jail cell oh this is this is what it's all about right guys yeah yeah oh man because he goes and what actually happens is he goes to see longevity monk and longevity monk basically says you're the monkey king and i can't do the journey without you but the way he does it is there's a musical number. <laughs> what goes like this? Dung 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 dung. What's dung dung dung? Dung da dung 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 dung. Listen. Only you can take me to psychic. <laughs> he just very suddenly breaks into like a Cantonese version of Only You, the classic oldies by the Platters. Um, oh, the Platters, cool. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it starts off like in English and then actually there's a couple of moments where like the English lyrics like line up perfectly with the original song, but it's mostly like in Cantonese about um, basically how crucial the Monkey King is to him. And, uh, and the music's so cheesy. It sounds yeah, like, it's like, like, it's a, like bad a bad karaoke. karaoke. Totally. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. And this is one of the things where I was totally getting like Shaolin soccer <laughs> vibes. Oh sure, totally. you know, with them singing in the bar. Um, yeah. And the... this really helps to kind of like bring it home that this guy is like long-winded and annoying, and like yeah, all the shots cutting back to 
to Joker. He just he can't bear it. And they, there's a great little fake out where we think the song is over. breaks into another verse <laughs> it's, it's great oh it's perfect and he's also uh, of course you hear it he's not the best singer so yeah, exactly <laughs> it, like that it's what you would call approximate pitch yeah <laughs> if you're watching the dub it breaks into the original audio as well. yeah it does which kind of threw me off because you know the uh it threw me off because like the subtitles didn't start off but he says only you and at first thinking is he just like I can't understand him because he's singing weird or okay no he's actually just not speaking English anymore yeah uh, <laughs> it's pretty great though yeah totally man and then yeah just we think it's it's finally over and he's about to go into like a third verse I'm not the man that you think only I'm... hey I've heard enough of you in your house you never stop do you and Joker just yeah slaps him <laughs> yeah he just starts smacking him yeah <laughs> Um, and let's see. I don't know if we've actually called out the actor that portrays the longevity monk, but uh, his oh, name yeah. is La- uh, Lao Kar Ying, and he actually appears in uh, in a handful of uh, Stephen Chow movies. He's, they they play off each other, yeah, really well. He's really as, good, as you can tell here. Yeah, yeah, he's great. And I think he has a like a background in like a Peking opera, like as as like a performer and as a singer, I believe. So hmm. I think this is one of those great, almost like uh, Catherine O'Hara and like a Chris Guest movie or something. Or like <laughs> the the so bad it's good. Yeah, kind of like like you have to be you have to be good to yeah. He's to sing he's that purposely bad, singing kinda, poorly, yeah. not not because he's not a good singer, <laughs> right? So. Joker goes to the the midnight meetup, but and, and discovers that that Princess Iron Fan has <sighs> stabbed uh, Zia. And actually, Ooh. it wasn't Princess Iron Fan. Right. Yeah, it was. Or was the, it? Uh, it was supposed. It was his, the the Bull King's sister. Yeah. Um, oh, that's right. That's right. It's the Bull King's yeah. sister. Stabbed. And this is where I think it gets kind of confusing because you're expecting to meet Princess Iron Fan. So uh, I think I had that same reaction the first time. I assumed that was her. And then when mm-hmm. she shows up, it's like, wait, who is this person? Yeah. Um, totally. That's right. And it's the sister. But that's the thing. But yeah. the sister's wearing like a blue outfit like, oh, yeah, right. like sure. Princess Iron Fan was earlier. Yeah. And her blade is bloody. And she has that kind of logic we've seen in movies before that. It just doesn't work. It's like, oh, if she's dead, then you won't love her. You'll love me. And <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think that works very often. It's bad. Yeah. But um, it's scary because you really you really think that she may have killed her. But um, we have a lot of close calls with uh, like stabbings and stuff in the film. Um, and thankfully, not a lot of deaths. There's one really striking series of deaths we'll talk about in a bit, <laughs> but. Yeah, other than that, people people are able to pull through, luckily. Yeah, and what really ends up happening in this scene is that Zhang Zheng, a Bull King's sister, she has the ability to make people uh, switch bodies. And this is what you were saying earlier, Marty, where uh, Monkey King says, uh, actually, I'm sorry, it's Zhang Zheng. She says, you know, like, if you were to fall in love with a monkey, like how would, I mean, a pig, how would you feel about that? And uh, Joker says, you know, if that's what fate deems for me, that's what yeah. will be done. And not much later <laughs> yeah, than that. Yeah, and he's like holding his head so high. Like, yeah, she does the uh, technique where she like grabs a uh, character's head and swaps their like soul into the other yeah. body. So then she also tries to do that with Sandy. First she does it with Pigsy 
and Zaya. And then she does it with Sandy. And she says she's going to, like, switch him into a rock. And he's like, oh, no. And then he, like, kind of interrupts yeah, her. Yeah, not so. sure how he does it. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's a... So something bad happens. And yeah, the other thing I was going to say earlier, and we mentioned the beautiful scenery, but um, some of these, like, outdoor scenes, I don't even know where they film these, but they look crazy. Yeah. So this is, like, wondering. this kind of desert, like, kind of canyon looking uh landscape and there are these giant mountains but they look like they have almost like anthill like type caves like yeah, holes i, I wonder if it them. is a, it reminds me of some of the locations in like the flashback uh areas of crouching mm. tiger and i think oh. i think some of those were shot like near tibet i want to say but was, I, I haven't yeah. i haven't done my research but um i think it was like in mongolia in, yeah, that, that they filmed some of the scenes in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Hmm. Um, gotcha. But yeah, I mean, either way, it's it's really striking, these these uh, settings. It, and it, it looks very smoky and kind of foggy. And I mean, they'd have to just be working with that scenery because it's such a huge uh, landscape. Yeah. You couldn't really like fill that whole area up with smog. Yeah, no, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty nuts looking. Yep. Yeah. So then we get this. This is my favorite where they <laughs> Joker goes to Zaya and when he like wakes her up, you can already see her tongue is like sticking out. Yeah. <laughs> so great. <laughs> and then when uh, when he starts talking to her, you hear that it's not her voice, but it's Pigsy's voice. Yeah. It's and you're like, Wait, what? so it's it's great. I, the other thing I like about this idea um, is, is I think we mentioned in the last episode uh, at this point and for the next several years, Stephen and Montat, they're almost like Laurel and Hardy. They're like yeah. nearly always together in movies. Um, and so that little beat like, oh, I'll, yeah, I'll marry him if the fates allow. And yeah, we just even though uh, he's in the pigsy mask for all but the final scene of the film, uh, we still at least get to have some fun here. And yeah, uh, Athena is so good playing this, uh, playing yet another <laughs> character that's like possessed her body <laughs> yeah yeah super great <laughs> and it's great seeing uh seeing moon tot playing as yeah. as zia in the in yeah Pigsy's so body. fair and kind and like her his the body language completely changes even though yeah, has this, this goofy pig mask on oh man pretty good. and and we also have some so we had a lot of like kicking the groin gags in part one. We have a lot of vomit gags, I would say, in part two. <laughs> and um, this is one of the first really great vomit gags. Is basically he's trying to stay committed to the like, yeah, no, I said I would love you. And again, this is the part in the movie to me where it's like I don't feel like he's totally lying. I don't know. Anyways, maybe it's somewhere in between. But so he's trying to stay committed to her, even though she's now in Pigsy's body. And he keeps trying to look at her and just like retching and vomiting <laughs> off camera. Um, and, and there's a moment where she's kind of holding him and he's like passed out yeah. and trying to go for a kiss. And even him being passed out, he turns his head away. It's super yeah. good. <laughs> oh man. And then, so the, and then the other gang that's been switched uh, by princess iron fan and, and yeah, so this, this is also a little bit confusing, like what's happened with the swap. Yeah. So she's, she says first that 
Um, she's used up her power and can't use. Is it forty six days? It's something, something like, like that. that. I, I feel yeah. like Certain in the dub they say a different amount than in the subtitle. In the subtitle they oh, said forty nine days, but I feel like they said forty days in the dub. I don't know. It's it's just one of yeah. those weird like that's a weird thing to change. Maybe so. they're just trying to match up the syllables or something. I don't Maybe. know. But then uh, as it happens, and uh, I don't. I'm not sure if I am like reading this the right way, but it almost seems like she's able to use her power just a little bit for so what's the other fairy sister's name i'm getting zaya and xena so xena is yeah, so, in pigsy's body so yeah xena yeah. then like um kind of presents herself like in pigsy's body and we really only hear pigsy like one or two more times um, mm-hmm. yeah because uh, uh, zaya ends up it's like zaya maybe it's because she was already two people in that body. Her and that's her the way I saw it. Yeah, yeah. So then, gotcha. um, Zaya is still in her own body, but yeah. Pigsy is there as well. Yeah. So, and, so it's yeah, now Pigsy so, and so at least Zaya, we have like, and then yeah, Zena her and Joker are are body. pretty much yeah get to sort of like retain their forms, and everyone else then is a little bit mixed up. And then we also then have a way of depicting, uh, depicting her sister with a different actor, which yeah is kind of cool. And uh, Bull King then shows up, and he looks pretty rough. And it's like him and Princess <laughs> yeah, Iron this is kind of cartoony. Also, we're like having some type of has. domestic dispute. Mm. <laughs> so they both show up to interrupt this sequence. And you actually get a. I, I think it's a really cool uh, short fight sequence between Bull King yeah, and uh, Zaya. And uh, she's unarmed. She doesn't have her sword with her, but she's trying to use her charms to fight. And he ends up using the fork to uh, remove those charms. So it's kind of, it's too bad because yeah. I thought that was a really interesting. And Pigsy's fighting as well. Yeah, there's, um, yeah, some really nice, uh, some really nice material in the yeah, choreography. Yeah, for sure. I, again, we get a lot of Dutch angles. We get a lot of yeah. string work. You see some strings on in camera shots again, <laughs> but um yeah, this kind of nice short burst of uh, a fight I really enjoyed. Um, what ends up happening is Joker's kind of trying to escape, and uh, Princess Iron Fan is chasing him. Oh, yeah, you get to see her use the fan itself, which is always cool yeah, to see. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, and but he he's kind of fake, like he jumped off the cliff by taking off his boot and leaving it as evidence. Mm. But <laughs> he kind of goes back to make it look more real by <laughs> leaving it closer but he ends up falling uh, off the cliff himself the cliff. yeah which i yeah. think is great because you get princess iron fan kind of having this inner monologue like it's your suicide over me it's time to go <laughs> right. she's like that's the last time you see her she's like i'm gonna leave now yeah she kind of <laughs> gracefully exits the movie yep. um but yeah his fall turns into this kind of serendipitous moment um because the villagers down below are being cornered by these soldiers and joker just so happens to like fall on the soldiers in this kind of perfect way where uh one row of them like is blown back and their swords like plow into their their fellow soldiers and yeah it's kind of a fun little beat and so then they kind of they sort of regard him as like this immortal even though he's like kind of lackadaisical and like falling over Mm. Right, right. So I think that's kind of the most confusing segment of the film. So I I know we kind of dwelled on it a little bit, but I think that, yeah, it's one of these things where you kind of get a reward for multiple viewings of the film. And it's such a popular film, I'd imagine that a lot of people have 
uh, seen it many times, so maybe it's a yeah. little easier that way. But yeah. um, yeah, that's all the crazy interactions, all the body swapping, all of this stuff. Yeah, hopefully you were keeping up and taking notes. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it, it it the confusion might continue a little bit too because we see that Joker is um he's kind of like coming to after having passed out and he's having some visions of the past and someone's tending to him and he wakes up and he's back in our uh series of caves. Yeah, um, the first one. Yeah, and then he's being uh tended to by one of the villagers from the uh the previous scene and then we actually get to have the director uh jeffrey lau kind of come back right Um, and that's interesting too because if you're watching the subtitled version they refer to him as grandpa buddha still yeah i don't know if that's something that comes across in the film or if it's something that maybe they the subtitle uh no they're not the best subtitles i have a note that says that they say grandpa buddha and right. and also they mention well whenever they're tied up they they mention that they stole grapes which is feels like a callback also to the first one. And, oh right. And it was weird because in the like a second viewing I, I when I first when I watched it I was like this almost feels like like when he fell off the cliff it almost feels like he like went to a different like maybe this Time is a period. vision. Or like maybe oh. this is like because because ah, right. the I mean spoiler the the way the scene ends is that the spider demon comes in and kills him but it almost feels like maybe this is him having a vision because he dies either way maybe this is him having a vision after dying falling off the cliff he thinks that he sees Jing yeah. Jing and all that and then still gets reincarnated as the oh that's game. an interesting that's an interesting reading because like I really like that take because yeah, I feel like that makes good. more sense than whatever happens here. <laughs> because yeah when you see because in this scene in the spider uh devil cave you see jing jing return and yeah. um what happens is joker's kind of explaining and this is pretty funny too. yeah this is great he's, he's trying to he's, do like a rapid fire recap because she has yeah. no idea who he is he does a great like inhale yeah. like okay i'm gonna talk a lot <laughs> right now so and then he, and then after he says all that jing jing has this great like dumbfounded mouth yeah. open look right and i also really love how karen mock uh she's so good like they do a little thing where they where he's hopping like he hops and there's a camera shot of her like tracking the hop with her head and yeah, it looks yeah. really funny mm-hmm. it's really good because it's <laughs> oh yeah we should also say like the recap ends up he like re- recruits like Jeff Lau and the other guys to kind of do like a little yeah. like pantomime play. Um, Basically that's recapping pretty, the first that's movie. That's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's super good. And so what ends up happening is she's pretty convinced, but um, what yeah. she wants to do is uh, see his heart. So what she does is she jumps into him and has a conversation with his heart. She also says that it looks like a coconut. <laughs> right. Tell me coconut. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, he kind of lets it slip. It's like, oh, yeah, there, there was another woman that said my heart looked like a coconut. And um, I love how Jeff Lau handles both of these scenes. Um, he doesn't portray what the heart uh, tells either of these women. Um, yeah, yeah, for real. We, it's cool. Yeah, we just kind of internal. And also, yeah, Jeff Lau, I want to call out, uh, his acting is great. One of the like important bits of information that he's relaying in this part of the movie is basically Joker's Joker's conflicted romantic feelings, or I guess they're not even that conflicted. Um, 
because <laughs> uh, he'll, he'll tell him, it's like, While you were out, you spoke her name over a hundred times. Jingjing <sighs> is my wife. And you called out the name Zaya over a thousand times. What? And whenever uh, Jeff Loud does this, like, I think it happens like two or three times. He does this like turn away and it's not a turn to the camera. He's not like breaking the fourth wall, but there's just this kind of like noble, like, I can't deal with you, like completely like turn in the other direction thing. And uh, yeah, it's, we only have a few scenes with them together, but I just love getting some of the chemistry with Steven and Jeff, um, Mm -hmm. like actually on camera is really cool. Yeah, for sure. So what we have now is uh, the Bull King has uh, Zaya and Xena captured, and he says something like, within seven days, you're going to be marrying me. And um, so Zaya is kind of holding out for Joker. She says, I'm not concerned. You know, whatever happens, he's going to be back to save me. And um, then following that, you've got joker in the spider uh cave again he's mm-hmm. still he's still having like visions of zaya and him like and uh he's kind of conflicted and he ends up seeing her charms in the cave itself and um this is another kind of development like oh like leading him back between jing jing mm-hmm. and and zaya and stuff like that but in the meantime you got the bull king's kind of ceremony which is pretty elaborate we've got this nighttime scene with lots of soldiers and um zaya's dressed up in this kind of ceremonial outfit and um xena pigsy is uh, tied up as a prisoner so you've got this going on and then you've kind of got um jing jing and joker's kind of their wedding kind of thing going on in the cave but uh what ends up happening there is jing jing kind of wrote him a letter saying i talked to your heart i know what's really going on so Mm -hmm. i'm gonna I'm going to go and you need to be with this person. Yeah. So he's like, oh, oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> but before he can uh, even react too much to that, then we yeah. get to see the, get to see uh, Yami Lam as the spider woman again. Right. Yeah, That's right, totally. she she sweet swoops in and and basically says it's kind of like she's almost feels like she's on 10 plot points ago still because she's <laughs> right. talking about like you know getting revenge on her sister and stuff and it's a shock to the system like for this movie i would say i mean even for part one i don't know if we have anything as brutal as what she's yeah. about to do but yeah but she Ugh. just kind of goes and kind of just systematically kills all of the all of the people yeah, uh, and there's like these spurts of blood yeah. and everything. Yeah, um, and it's pretty shocking. And then, and then she yeah. she finishes. At first, Joker says something like, "Basically, I want you to cut out my heart and show it to me." Yeah, this is a great before scene. before I you know before I completely die. So that yeah, you know, I, I want to know like what it what it says and yeah yeah I don't know it, and it it seems like it's almost like gotten to her like emotionally right um. And it feels like we're about to exit the scene. Um, and then she turns around and she stabs him. And I think, mm. I mean, it's really, I think the editing is really great. I mean, you don't really see what's happening, but I think there's like a flash of blood or, or something before. we. Yeah, they play. show uh, kind of a blood splatter. Yeah. And, um, they cut away from the scene from that moment. So in my head, I was like, okay, he's, he's dead now. Like, yeah. Uh, the next time you see him is him in the waterfall cave like uh speaking to guanyin and this was the kind of thing that i was mentioning about like these buddhist tenets and the whole kind of 
moral like stuff from Journey to the West. In the movie, you get a couple of times where Longevity Monk says to Joker that you know life and death are meaningless. You know, uh, the more you know, the most important thing is their journey and the enlightenment of uh, getting the scriptures uh, and like you know Buddha's path that they're 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 supposed to be walking on. So I kind of can see you know even though this isn't directly. Uh, adapting Journey to the West, it still holds on to some of these important Buddhist yeah. lessons. What's interesting in this film is, um, I think this is maybe just a consequence of how invested you are in the characters, but you're almost like poised to be a little bit uh, against these values because it's like, oh, give up, you know, the material world, give up, uh, you know, kind of like human connection and. Mm -hmm relationship and love and you're like no i want these guys yeah. to finally get together so yeah it's kind of interesting I th they're sort of able to have it both ways where it doesn't feel like they're insincere with kind of proclaiming the more the buddha the buddhist tenets but it also is like it's it's more material to kind of twist the knife of some of the dramatic tension of the of the movie which is yeah cool. it's a and, smart way to yeah get a little bit of both you know yeah. using staying true to that but also using that as kind of like a narrative uh force to kind of control the viewers emotions right. and yeah joker is told like as soon as he places like the ringlet on his head you know he'll have to say goodbye to any of those yeah any uh, material things. connections because if he desires is, material yeah. things then it'll like squeeze on his head so tight that it'll you know it'll like crush his head and whenever and yeah in the same scene whenever he's like having this kind of conversation he says that the thing that uh that Zena that zia rather left in uh his heart was a tear and that's what jing jing apparently saw that let her know that she he had love for someone else which is like that's that's really sad. Yeah, yeah. it's super sad. You're and like, he, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> and he kind of, um, he sort of recites something that he said earlier, which we had maybe taken jest, uh, in the, where he's kind of tearfully um, proclaiming his love at sword point. Um, yeah. So some of that language comes back just before he mm -hmm. places the ringlet on his head. Yeah. Um, but we... Re but yeah, it, what's great is we're not just kind of like waiting for him to arrive at the wedding. Um, by this point, um, some of the fighting has already broken out because uh, Zia has kind of convinced the Bull King that she should be able to free her sister. She's like, look at, I'm going to go through with this. Let me like free her. Mm -hmm. um, and then once freed, it's kind of a touching moment. Um, then she finally wants to kind of defend her sister and so she kind of launches an attack on yeah. the Bull King. And also the Pixie and Sandy want to free the Longevity Monk. And then there's some more yeah. some more body swapping <laughs> shenanigans, which involves a little, we, a little dog yeah. runs up and someone's body gets swapped into the dog. We also so, have yeah. more like Longevity Monk annoying <laughs> gags that are oh, also man. vomit gags. Oh, that's yeah. crazy. No, yeah, because the Longevity Monk is like boring the two guards, like him just going on and on about like, well, He's you know, like demons aren't guards. too different. Yeah. Then, you know, we're not so different, you and I. You have a mother, I have a mother. And it's like, tell oh. me about your mother. Yeah. The, and the one, the one guard just stabs himself so that he can get <laughs> yeah. over it. And the other one, you can see him like making himself a noose. <laughs> 
It's super yeah. dark. He hangs himself. Uh, have you guys seen uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, not for years, but oh, uh, so there's a scene that I love where he's riding on a train with a hobo, and they're oh, starting yeah. to sing these uh, like kind of campfire songs. Jimmy Crack Corn and I don't care. Jimmy Crack Corn and I don't care. Jimmy Crack Corn and I don't care. And he ends up just tossing himself <laughs> off the train. <laughs> that totally reminded yeah. me of that totally. scene, Pee Wee. <laughs> and as we're going to see in just a minute, I imagine Stephen Chow was a a massive dork for uh, American comedy. Because oh totally, and so he, he I'm sure he probably saw Pee Wee's Big Adventure because you know that was like ten years or something before this yeah, uh, and he uh, he comes in like there's a bunch of storm clouds and he he swoops in as the Monkey King and there's this amazing shot where like these red like rolls of fabric are going behind him while he has this kind of like pose yeah it's beautiful it's a total. This, total gifable moment. Like I already made a gift before we even like, yeah, dude, like not too long after great. we I watched the movie. And it's yeah, not it's the it's cool. not the exact frame, but um this kind of shot was on the poster for the for the original release. I believe it too. It's a good shot. And yeah, it, it it's uh yeah, super gratifying finally seeing the Monkey King depicted in action mm-hmm. like this. Um and it's fast forwarding a little bit, but we'll even get to see him use his cudgel in like a a gigantic form. Yeah, which I was really glad to see that. Oh, where there's like a forced perspective kind of shot where it looks like it's like, I don't know, like fanning out or something. Like, I don't know, it like it gets really, really big on one end yeah. and not the other. It's, and it seems like they, cons- too. Yeah, yeah, they a constructed effect. a giant thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Monkey I mean, makes yeah. A, a great entrance. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. He does like 30 uh, like flips. <laughs> and you have this scene that you were mentioning. And, um, Bull King quickly sends his minions to him, and uh, the first thing he does is sneeze, and his sneeze sends like a hurricane force wind, mm. uh, knocks everybody back. And the next thing he does is let out a huge fart, and that just sends everyone <laughs> flying away. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a yeah, pretty legendary fart. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and it's I don't also know... int- <laughs> top five farts in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, so uh, far, so far. I still um, like then, the. I love the beggar soul fart from Magnificent Butcher. Oh that, man, that's that's super a super good, good one. <laughs> and then yeah, so uh, Zia is like right away kind of recognizing him, and we have a lot of kind of tension, possibly like frustration here because now uh, you know incarnated as the Monkey King, I think Stephen plays this great. It's like you have this sense that he still has some kind of connection for her, but he's like pushing her back and he's, you know, short tempered and angry. Yeah. Um, and he has that mischievous sense of the monkey King. Yeah. Um, totally. I don't know about you guys, but I was super getting uh Jim Carrey oh, vibes off of yeah. his performance. Ooh, yeah. The first thing and I thought when like, I saw him was like, that like, looks exactly yeah. like Jim Carrey. Like just the way that yeah. he like moves around looks like jim carrey's the, like the mask or something yeah, yeah the mask yeah. came out like around this time too i think it's yeah, 1994 I, I looked it up the mask and um uh dumb and dumber what was the uh, gosh what was the other 
like big early year Jim Carrey movie. Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura. That's Ventura. Ace Ventura Hello. is the big one. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't remember. Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura is definitely the biggest like thing I can see. But that's crazy because Ace Ventura would have came out like the year that they were working on this. Yeah. So like that would have been Stephen Chow watching that and then incorporate unless and it, unless and I, yeah, I can't I imagine there was a a localized version of like um in yeah. living color or something right like uh, yeah and even then i mean it, it does it, it does remind me of of say jim carrey in the mask but i don't know if pulling from ace ventura you'd land on anything like this i think it's mm. maybe just like uh in some ways i i think that's actually a great person to bring up because there's a lot of these two gentlemen's comedy that is very similar i think mm-hmm. um, yeah for sure the way that just in terms of how they physically portray this could be like some type of parallel thinking you know like i don't know there's a lot of different things to consider but have you guys heard about that like the dennis the menace where there were like two two cartoons of dennis the menace one in america and one in england that were created i think it was like the same week like without (laughs) any knowledge of each other oh Um, wow no i didn't know about that that's great it's really nuts i mean it's like it's a rhyming name so like you could sort of see how that could happen yeah but mm-hmm. it's the timing is just crazy it's like one it's of those like uh like things. in the movie like we say it's fate yeah absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. um but yeah this fight really escalates and um yeah it's almost hard to describe like what like what is happening but i think I think the Bull King is able to bring like the power of the sun, or he's able to bring the sun closer. Yeah, did no, you guys what track it, what's so going on? There? What it is is, and and just I I got this, I got this. So, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, even before that, uh, Bull King and Monkey King are fighting each other, and it's really cool. You get to see, like you said, the uh, magic cudgel, and I also really like even before there's the force perspective version of it, the cudgel itself is visualized as like this thicker type of rod it's not like uh, a staff like you would expect to see in a martial yeah, arts film yeah. it's got like this almost cartoony exaggeration to it and um <laughs> the, one of the things i really like is when uh monkey steals his fork bull king's fork and he's cooking with it and he has some chicken parts but he's like oh yeah i forgot i am a vegetarian <laughs> so yeah. like pops just, an apple yeah, onto just pops it pops an apple onto it yeah. But then, uh, yeah, Bull King rushes at him and that's when he uses like the force perspective gigantic form of the cudgel to like really own him. He like pounds him like a nail into the ground. <laughs> and then yeah. the monkey actually kind of has this mercy where he's like, oh, I don't want to do this to you in front of your uh, minions. So he like knocks him up out of the ground. <laughs> but what you end up have happening in this fight is you see the Bull King kind of has this thing where he shakes like bugs off of him and they become his little minions yeah and the monkey king can do the thing where he kind of uses his, his own hair and makes clones of himself so you get a huge sequence of like i don't know 40 or 50 monkeys and the little bug bull king guys well, fighting each other it's great like ha- like kind of coming full circle from havoc in heaven um yeah just seeing like such a similar depiction of like how he uses his his power and and yeah like you're saying i mean seeing this like army of monkeys yeah it's it's amazing i mean when you think of like the makeup and costuming that went into that yeah just for that one they each have 
yeah, they each have staffs, and then there's the scene where they've they've like all they're all throwing them in the air, and it's like wow, yeah, it's pretty incredible stuff. So what you have here is uh, the Ox King brings out his ultimate weapon, which is the iron fan itself. So um, he starts fanning everything away, and you've got like this hurricane force wind destroying everything. And uh, you have a short sequence here where Longevity Monk and Zaya are both getting tossed away. So this is this symbolic, you know, realization where it's the Monkey King having to decide between, you know, the love that he had for yeah. Zaya and his... Uh, I guess immortal, like uh, his divine mission to uh, protect the monk, and he chooses a longevity monk. Yeah, but um, also what you have is another Buddhist thing where uh, she's gonna kill herself, and he really jumps in. He says that you know you have to treasure your own life, so um, he kind of saves her there. But the bull king is like really going at it, and what he does is he's launching like a piece of the earth up into the sun <laughs> so what's gonna happen is like it's gonna hit the sun and the sun's gonna explode i guess or something it's, like, really dramatic and really weird and and like the, the, <laughs> as they're getting closer the fan starts catching on fire yeah 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 and um this is a really desperate move by the bull king and it could be really bad for everyone so um monkey really is thrust into trying to solve this problem and save everyone but also you've got zaya who's kind of really committed to making him uh admit his love to her and he kind of has a give where she sees that he's still holding on to the charms that she had and she flies yeah. up to confront him about it mm. but in the middle of that the bull king uh is gonna attack and she kind of jumps in the way and she gets uh stabbed by uh the bull king. yeah so and she's um, she's starting I mean, to slip away <sighs> and this this is like a legitimately like emotional kind of scene because she's yeah, she's totally. slipping away and monkey king goes in to try to help her but as he's doing it he like the the crown starts to tighten and he like starts screaming and has to let her go before flying back to the to the island and she's kind of lost in yeah space it's brutal because he's yeah. attempting to to grab on to her and so he has he's holding on like by just the fingers but yeah mm -hmm. then the ringlet like keeps tightening on his skull mm -hmm. and then he ends up having to just then grab yeah then he flies back head. and he's able to defeat the bull king and they kind of sees everything's you know on fire and crashing around him they have to use the pandora's box to to I guess kind of teleport out of there. Pandora's mm -hmm. box is it kind of is like the get out of get out of plot free card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Luckily he, they don't they don't really exploit it that often. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They're all wanting to use it, but yeah. I really like him owning the Bull King though. There's all these like home run hits where he's launching the Bull King up into the air. Every hit mm. looks really cool, and he does this really like cool like almost Bruce Lee jump kick. Or dive kick and launches them to the ground. Mm. So yeah, yeah what totally. what they do is they use Pandora's Pandora's box to escape. Uh, Monkey goes to uh, see Xena, uh, uh, and she says, you know, like my sister's gone. I'm gonna go back to becoming the Buddha's lampwick. So he leaves her behind. Uh, that's her fate. Yeah. Know? So then everything kind of wipes away, and uh, we've kind of got the finale of the film. Yeah. Yeah, he goes back. They're in like the waterfall cave. 
And it, again, it kind of feels like like the whole movie is about fate, and this kind of just feels like the world like realigning to where it's supposed to be because he just wakes up and it's just kind of the journey to the West where like there's Pigsy and Sandy and the uh, longevity monk are all just in the cave. And yeah. And the longevity monk is like a man of very few words. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's very quiet now. Yeah. That's really good. <laughs> um, and it's like, there's like a tour group that goes through the cave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when the- it's funny. I feel like that's a convention I've seen like in other Hollywood movies, like since, since this point in time, um, I can't think of like a good example, but yeah, it was really interesting. It almost felt like, uh, it's that same kind of mix of like modern, like modernity and kind of mm. uh, period that we had so much of in the part one. Mm. Yeah. And whenever he goes outside of the cave, this is where we see the sisters again, the formerly Jing Jing and the spider devil outside. And they're just yeah. like selling. Yeah, now they're the bean, the bean curd, curd sisters. sisters. Yeah, yeah. You know, flows off the, <laughs> and, flows off the and tongue. And then we have this, <laughs> we have this great reveal of, um, this like significant person in the village and it's uh England Tot in this like incredible garb and he looks amazing. And actually both of the sisters run to him. So <laughs> it's apparently like some kind of like polygamous kind of uh de- or at least that's that's that's, that's how it came across that's how to it me. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> then the the very last scene in the movie is we see, I guess, an alternate universe version of Zaya and Joker standing on top of like this archway gateway thing. And and it's kind of it's kind of like their their conflict throughout the beginning of the movie. But then this time the Monkey King just possesses Joker to get him to kiss her and then leaves, yeah. just kind of forcing him to to live a life that he kind of wants to live secretly. Right. It's a really honestly I I think this is maybe one of the more like intentional and like well-crafted endings of at least, I mean, any of the kind of Hong Kong movies oh, that yeah. I think we've covered. Yeah. Um, Cause most, sure. a lot of other movies yeah, we watched, just, just the really movie would have ended whenever he killed the bull King. <laughs> I just went about a freeze right. frame into the credits. Well, and it's just so, so poignant because um, yeah, like you say, he's taking possession, but it's not as though it's like the opposite intention of the Joker of this, era he's just kind of giving him the nudge that he would want and he's also allowing himself to kind of experience um this love you know one more one more time Mm. and it's really powerful because um you know zaya is like looking back over her shoulder at the monkey king as he's departing on his you know journey to the west and you can again the way that athena plays it is just really really terrific and you have this yeah, there's this sense of loss, even though we've kind of arrived at mm-hmm. a, a version of a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's a movie it quite reminds me of because I feel like the like the tragic tone like never really goes away. But it you do but you do like close everything and it's and again there's just a lot of intention I think with this finale and like you were saying Matthew it's like um, this is this is the this is the version or this is like the dimension or the, the universe finally where the characters are kind of conformed to the actual story of journey yeah. to the West. I, I read them as, you know, reincarnated versions of Joker and Zaya. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I also think that the monkey King just seems really cool in this whole situation. You know, he, yeah. you got, you get this inner sense that, you know, he's kind of like sad about it, but also like, 
I don't know, like, this is, like, the way that he would... He's gonna... He's getting this ending even though he's not getting the ending. Yeah. You know, uh, his right. ring isn't going to constrict his head, but he also can live with the fact knowing that... In some uh, in some though, timeline, he had the happy ending with the girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I also really like after that when uh, he's making his way, you finally get the shot of the party uh, from yeah. Journey to the West. There, there's a really cool like camera shot of them all just making their way and i like pigsy's uh he's got his little song that he sings i forget the wording but um yeah, that's kind of cool great. too yeah it's really uh i mean it's just the perfect moment to kind of take us out um it's amazing really thinking of what jeff wow did with both of these movies i f- and i think i said something like this on the last episode but i feel like this would be very much in vogue today like in hollywood dealing with like a classic property it's like part prequel part very liberal reboot (laughs) um part kind of like alternate dimension kind of thing but then it still lives in the universe and i i mean i feel like this is this is kind of the first example of that particular kind of fusion at least that I, that i'm really aware of yeah and i don't know yeah just a lot of a lot of crazy ingenuity here mm-hmm. you know i mean as we've been saying like both of these movies they i think they require a fair amount of uh research uh you kind of need to build your own like footnotes and an- annotations to maybe <laughs> kind of fully appreciate Mm-hmm. these movies but um really special pieces of cinema and i think it's i think it's easy to see why they had such a you know such a big impact when you know when they came out um yeah it's in hong kong and in mainland china yeah it's a it's an interesting one it's definitely like we've been saying it's definitely kind of hard to follow I and mean, that's why we part of why we've been talking about it so long is it's kind of a lot of stuff really <laughs> yeah. leads from one bit to the other and it's kind of hard to not talk about everything because yeah. so much of everything is interconnected and like even the first there I guess rather the first part is a little more straightforward until you get to the end but even that's yeah. pretty straightforward it's just you know it's just Groundhog Day it's just the same thing being repeated over and over but this one has like possibly multiple timelines Anna it's kind of nuts and I don't know why it's called Cinderella, guys. Yeah, yeah. So it's funny. I was I was trying to translate this in the background, <laughs> and so the the first film, the literal translation from the Chinese title is Journey to the West, the one hundredth Moonlight Treasure Box, which I think is like the kind of a more literal translation of the actual mm-hmm. magical right the item box. that they just call Pandora. And so box. they use Pandora's box to basically have like a cultural kind of equivalent, which makes me think whoever was responsible for that translation was responsible for Cinderella. The second translation, when you think about it, like even the first title betrays a little bit of maybe a misunderstanding of the term. I mean, I think it, I suppose it works where after a while you've just kind of overwrite whatever you thought the Pandora's box was, you know, before encountering this movie. Um, but that isn't really what Pandora's box is, at least as yeah. we understand that idea in the West. My guess is that Cinderella is trying to get at some kind of rags to riches kind of uh, story, but that might be kind of a stretch because the Chinese title is literally Journey to the West Journey. <laughs> um, Perfect. So there, there isn't... I love it. There's not an element of 
uh, some like story you know, or something. Cinderella. Yeah, I guess. I mean, um, I guess so because I, I don't know. I mean, I think Joker could be could be Cinderella in a way. You know, kind of from rags to maybe the riches of being the immortal monkey king, yeah. or maybe it's maybe it's Zaya's character in a way. I mean, she she's clearly the star of the movie. Um, I mean, I guess but kind yeah, of the title. sword is a little bit like the slipper, right? Because it's oh. like something that only oh. the chosen one or whatever. I don't know. That's Perfect. that's the closest. I like that's that. the closest thing I could think of. Oh, totally. But that's not I like mean, the I most think important it, thing to the story. It reminds me of kind of like uh, d- the name Donkey Kong, <laughs> um, because if you guys heard that story, yeah, like, it's like uh, Miyamoto was looking in like a translation, and they thought Donkey could be a synonym for i think it was like crazy or that was stubborn like that. Mm. oh sure sure um but it's like english speakers don't really look at th- regard that word that yeah way. like you so might say someone's as stubborn as a donkey stubborn as a donkey but you wouldn't just say yeah. someone's a donkey you know just in your normal everyday speech <laughs> right um but you know it led to i mean carlos might he was so iconic <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that in Japan it's actually called Doki Doki Kong? <laughs> Dude, is that for real? No. No. Oh. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I so like lean on you as like the don't, like Japanese authority. It, so I'm like, oh man, I'd be you could easily <laughs> dupe me probably a hundred more times. You're too trusting. Ugh. <laughs> uh. So that was Chinese Odyssey Part Two, Cinderella. I killed it. Nice. Now, whenever you bring up Doki Doki Panic, you kind of peak. So, oh yeah, um, man. Um, I actually would say if our listeners care enough to maybe give their thoughts on why it's called Cinderella. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. They should hit us I up. I would love to hear ideas. Yeah, that'd be yeah. great. You hit us up. It would be fun to get a dialogue. You can hit us going. up all kinds of places. You can hit us up on Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram. We are Heroes Three Podcast on all of them. You can email us at Heroes Three Podcast at gmail And if you're checking us out yeah. from the Kung Fu Cinema subreddit, then first off, thank you. And you can leave your, uh, I guess, inquire not inquiry, your theories, I guess, in the comments of it. Yeah. You could also comment on the blog, I suppose, and that's uh, heroes heroes three dot com, and that will take you right yeah. there. Yeah, and actually, we try to throw in a little, maybe you know, gifts or um, links to something that we talk about during the episode. So, yeah, check us out on the blog and uh, let us know what you think. Well, that's all for this week. But Marty, what is our training for next week to finish up this look at at Monkey King Sun Wukong related stuff? Yeah, so we're going to. Uh, stay in this in the family, so to speak. So next week's movie, and we might have talked about it. Uh, this is Journey to the West: Conquering the Demons. This is Stephen Chow's return to the world of Journey to the West. So not a film that he starred in, but a film that he wrote, produced, directed. Uh, he was even involved in the action choreography. Um, and this was kind of a giant splash when it came out. I believe it was, it was 2014 or 2015. Yeah, it's there's actually a, a sequel just just last year that came out. We we'll stop after this film, but um, uh, but yeah, luckily this is fairly widely available. Um, it's r- definitely rentable through YouTube and Amazon and iTunes, and I know the the Blu-ray is still in print. Um, yeah, 
I remember seeing it on Netflix. I don't think it's on Netflix right yeah, now. Yeah, it's it's not on there right now, but it was uh yeah, even earlier this even earlier this year, I think. Um Yeah. I, I think it definitely you know, it's it's a post Kung Fu Hustle film. <laughs> so you get a lot of these really, really exaggerated um you know action uh sequences so that's pretty cool to see so i had a lot of fun watching it when it first came out so yeah i'm excited to watch it again yeah yeah and i i think i just mentioned briefly but the english translations of the films we just watched were a chinese odyssey but the chinese titles were journey to the west um so this was meant to be kind of a Mm follow-up to uh to those films so many years later well cool Well, until next week, where we're taking a look at Journey to the West, Conquering the Demons, I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network.